Welcome to the Word from the Ancient Path, stories and sermons for the journey. A channel of blessing for friends everywhere to experience how the Holy Spirit moves ordinary people into an extraordinary calling, bringing good news, connecting in Christ, and building the kingdom of God. The Word is declared through the pastors and partners of Ancient Path Ministries, La Iglesia Volviendo a la Senda Antigua, founded in 2011 in Jovellanos, Cuba, by pastors Jose Santiago and Yamile Cruz. I'm your guide, Pastor Kevin Job, and my wife, Tani, and I serve as chief connection makers and storytellers in the United States. Our team is dedicated to planting and nurturing churches and to spread the reach of the gospel. We pray you'll be blessed by these teachings and testimonies of what God has done and is doing in and through us. Hey friend, when we were last together, we started talking about how Jesus prayed for you and I 2,000 years ago. He asked the Father that we would be brought to complete unity so that the world would believe in him. And then we jumped into a discussion of our Christian identity and that call into communion as filtered through a combination of commentary, scriptures, and a, an essay with a long title. An essay I wrote in seminary it was called The Task of Christian Ethics, or a short discussion of who I am, who I should be as a Christian man, and the kind of Christian community I've been equipped to help build. Now, in our last episode, we touched on who we are and who we should be. And today, we're going to pick up with a focus on Christian community and what it means for us to be the answer to Jesus' prayer for communion among the believers. So what kind of community am I building? Now, that's a really important question. And when it comes to examples, the scripture gives us the best that we could possibly have in Acts 2.42. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now back to my essay. The kind of community that I dream, and sometimes very purposefully flying in the face of the reality in front of me, and relying on the God who calls into being things that are not, that community has very few, if any, boundaries of being, though it yields quite willingly to scriptural boundaries of action. It seems to have grown on one hand out of the man I was somehow born to be, and on the other as an inverse response to the community in which I was raised. On three sides, my hometown was surrounded by communities largely populated by people of color, but there were boundaries that were not to be crossed. Railroad tracks, intersections, etc., and white was the only way to be. But somehow in the midst of this community scheme, the home in which I was raised failed for the most part to recognize the lines, and so we crossed them with great regularity. Galatians 3.26 says, In Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized in Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So most human categorizations seem foreign to me. Church camp introduced me to kids who didn't look like me, but who felt and feared and enjoyed and reveled in much the same way. In my naivete, skin tone seemed only surface, eye shape geometric, and hair color well as flexible. I ignored most lines, be they real or imaginary. You see, my family was transracial and trans-experiential long before it was trendy. European, Asian, African descent, and Down syndrome among us. As an adult, 
I've been graced with the opportunity to live and work in diverse settings as well. I have taught school and ministered in the wealthiest of suburbs and in places at the opposite end of the socioeconomic continuum. And the people there have come from different ethnic, linguistic, and religious cultures, and all who wish to can be openly and equally loved in my community. James chapter 2, 2. James says, suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand over there, sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? I was blessed to teach school in a situation that shattered parts of my naive understanding as I became a minority for the first time in my life. For 15 years, being a white man stripped me of power and status. When there was disagreement, I was looked on with suspicious or called racist simply because, I, well, I'm relatively pale. And I began to understand what lay beneath the surface of our hide. I also began to better understand what it meant to be called blue-black by one's peers. The subtleties and the intricacies and the fears and the hurts that go with feeling excluded cannot be taken lightly. But I see no need to shrink from the task of tearing down humanity's walls. I think one of Pentecost's mandates is that the separation of Babel need no longer rule over us as we humbly follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And barriers of language and culture are destroyed in the presence of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God working in believers creates something new and precious. Communion never before possible is created with God and with each other. And I am ever and always excited by the prospect of living in a community of faith in which no one is a token and everyone is called from and welcomed in from wherever they have been because, well, we're all going to the throne together as we see in Revelation 7. John says, after this I looked and there was before me a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people in language standing before the throne and before the land. They were wearing white robes and they were holding palm branches in their hands and they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb. This friend is the culmination of communion and we will end up there together in Christ. But there is more to say yet about the character. We're gonna take a moment now for a short break. Stay with us for more on the ancient path. At Ancient Path Ministries, we hope to carry the light of the kingdom of God into places where it is most needed. To see people set free from what holds them captive. Now, our ministry is built on connections in Christ, and our financial foundation depends on the regular partnership of beloved friends such as you. And if you'd like to be a covenant financial partner or contribute to the work of the ministry, I encourage you to visit our website, ancientpathministries.org. Check out the church in action and see how you can be part of bringing good news connecting in Christ, and building the kingdom. And we're back. So let's continue this line of thought about Christian community of my dreams. In the community I dream, no one's devalued due to the lack of flashier gifts of God, for each one knows that he or she is priceless in the heart of God and has been given a unique quantity and quality of grace. Therefore, he or she shares relationship with Jesus in a singular manner and thus brings irreplaceable facets of that love to our faith community. 1 Corinthians 12 puts it this way, God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should not be division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. And if one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. 
Weakness is welcomed, for it's only in communion with Christ that broken-hearted people are bound up, captive souls set free, and prisoners released. There was a day in which I believed that I needed to clean up my own act before I could approach God, before God could love me or want me near, and most certainly before I could be of any value in shaping a kingdom community. But I know better than that now. 2 Corinthians 12, Paul writes, God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. And that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You see, I hope that my life creates a space where the wounded and the guilty are given a home, a home in which they can be healed and forgiven and made new. And I wish that my own good news, my healing and sanctification was more complete, as I tend to think that would look much better in the brochure and that my witness would increase. But for whatever reasons, God has chosen to use me as I am, still so far from having taken hold of the perfection that he's making of me. So I build with what I have and As I do, I'm healed a little more each day, and just maybe my wounds and continuing struggles offer hope to others, others who thought that they were not able to be loved by God. As Romans 8, 38 puts it, I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, we're called to live as children of God in Christian community and to work together toward the promise of the final victory where all believers from the four corners of the earth are together before the throne because of God's saving grace and we're to share a love from which nothing can separate us. At the table that first night with his closest friends around him, Jesus said to them, when you come together to remember God's deliverance, remember in their experience it was the Passover Do this in remembrance of me. He basically took the traditional loaf of bread and the cup, and he gave them new flavor. 1 Corinthians 11, Paul writes it this way. He said, Jesus said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup and said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Do this, he said. It's been a sacred rite of Christian life from the earliest years of the faith, and many, many arguments have been posited as to its significance. But what's universally agreed upon, well, nearly anyway, is that Jesus meant to say clearly that his followers, from that original circle of friends to you and I today, until all the tribes and languages stand together before the throne, that all of us should keep on doing this in remembrance of me. In his sermon called The Duty of Constant Communion, John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement in which I was raised, he highlights some of the fears that accompany us when we think about coming to Christ's table. For centuries, just a couple of little sentences in Scripture have often kept hungry sinners who are in need of great helpings of grace. It's kept them from approaching the table. Marveling at that struggle, John Wesley wrote this. this is, these are his words. It's no wonder that men who have no fear of God should never think of doing this. But it is strange that it should be neglected by any that do fear God and desire to save their souls, and yet nothing is more common. One reason why many neglect it is that they are so much afraid of eating and drinking unworthily that they never think how much greater the danger is when they do not eat or drink it at all. Wesley noted that communion is a twofold invitation. It is a clear command to do this and continue 
with an offering alongside it of new mercy and grace each time that we obey the command. Isn't that sweet? But people have always made excuses why they couldn't come into the community of Christians or feast at the table of Jesus, but Jesus has answers for all of our excuses. Can you imagine? Just listen to Jesus talking to you. He'd say, what? You still sin? Come to my table. What? You don't have your act together yet? Come on. What? You sold out our relationship again? Come on in. Wait, you have problems with fidelity? Come and eat. Well, you don't feel welcome in church? Well, then come to my house. You still can't see yourself as a child of God? Come taste and see that the Lord is good. Come and drink. Wait a minute, you can't love perfectly? Well, come and receive grace. Come and be in my presence. Come and taste restored relationship with the Father in heaven. Come, drink in an intimate communion with Jesus, the Savior and Lord. Come to the table and experience the indwelling Holy Spirit who will inhabit your very flesh and blood that you might indeed be transformed into who you were always meant to be. And come and enjoy renewed community with each other. So what do you say? Come to my table. Come join the feast. You don't have the strength to get here, you say? You can't possibly run to the table. Maybe you can't even walk or, or can't even crawl here. No worries. We'll get you carried here. I've got you covered. And this, friends, brings us to the end of our time for today. Thank you very much for being with us. Once again, be sure to check out our webpage, ancientpathministries.org. Like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Ancient Path Ministries. I'm Pastor Kevin Job for Ancient Path Ministries, La Iglesia Volviendo a la Senda Antigua. And until next time, we pray God will bless you richly. Go and be the church. Thank you.